Hey, look what we have found A big sound in a small town Far away from the bright lights They're making music every night Discover what is all around A big sound Okay, we're good to go. Okay. Well, uh, let's get started here. My name is uh, Andy Eversole. I'm a banjo player in North Carolina, and uh, I have a project called Banjo Earth that takes me around the world, uh, traveling with my banjo to collaborate with folk musicians and all kinds of musicians around the world. We go on adventures. Uh, explore the culture and definitely explore the music and each country I go to I make an album a documentary and um, That's what I love to do with my life travel around the world play music and meet all kinds of amazing people That is pretty cool. Now tell me about how this came to fruition um, Let's see well, I've always well, I went first started traveling when I was in college. I was at Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I did a study abroad semester in China. And that, um, so I spent five months there and really like deep dived into a culture and that sort of sparked the, the idea that that's what I wanted to do later on in life was go to different countries and immerse myself in the culture and learn about their music and their stories and their culture. And so it didn't actually come about until about I was 34 35 when I finally uh, sat down and came up with the idea to create Banjo Earth uh-huh. and how I did that was I made like a a pie a pie uh, chart what do they call these things you make the circles sure yeah pie chart and yeah. in the middle in the middle is uh, is is where it all meets you know yeah I can't remember the name of that but uh, yeah so on one I had what I'm really good at so I love to make music, and what I love to do is travel and something that would be good for the world. Those were my circles, and in the middle was uh, was Banjo Earth. That was my idea to, yeah. to to make music, to travel the world, and to have a project that uh, was meaningful in a way that it, it brought people together um, and shared other cultures around the world and and inspired people to you know get out and make their own adventures. And um, and create create their own like spirit projects. Did you have a banjo when you went to uh, China that first time? Mm-hmm. Okay. I did. I took. I got. I started playing banjo when I was about fifteen. I got one for Christmas mm-hmm. from Santa Claus. Yeah. And uh, and my mom, I think, co-conspired to to bring me a banjo. And uh, it was it was a, not a very good one. It was you know pretty bad one actually. Sure, yeah. But I, I, I got started playing on that, and then when I went to China, I was about twenty twenty one. Uh, I took that banjo with me, and uh, I actually gave it. I left it there in China. I gave it to uh, my pipa teacher. Ah. Pipa pipa is like a Chinese instrument that sure. sort of sounds like the banjo. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing instrument. So I took pipa lessons and got a pipa there. 
and then I gave my banjo to my PIPA teacher. So we, uh, I left the banjo there, and I brought the PIPA home with me. That is pretty cool. That is, that is really cool, actually. Um, <laughs> so that banjo is still probably around China somewhere doing something. That, that is really cool. Uh, the PIPA, do you play that these days? No, I don't. It's, um, it's very difficult to play because uh, like, the technique is... Sure. Is a finger style, but the the fingers go out. Like on a banjo, the two fingers come up, right, and the and the thumb goes down, right. And on a pipa, the the two fingers go out and the thumb goes out, so it's opposite. Oh yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, that's, that's pretty a difficult. Instrument though, but it's mainly just sitting in the closet. Well, I mean, I would think it would take a lot of, particularly since you have a banjo roll. Uh, background to that would be completely opposite to take a lot of muscle memory. I mean, you'd have to practice that a lot. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to practice a lot, and there's some very uh, detailed techniques that go with playing it. People who play the pipa in China uh, spend their whole life playing it, basically. And, sure. You know, yeah, so it's really a, it's really a cool instrument. I mean, I, the same could be said for banjo too. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it is not the easiest of instruments to play. Uh, yeah. So there, there's a lot of similarity there I could see. Um, I think it depends on how you play the banjo. Like definitely the bluegrass rolls and stuff, the right hand on that can take years to really develop a, a decent technique. Um, yeah. But as for, you know, like with claw hammer and just kind of strumming, you can start playing True. songs immediately that's what i did when i first got a banjo i had a little book and i remember playing strumming uh bald and cabbage down oh yeah 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 and that, that was the first song in the book and it had strumming patterns and so that was the first song i ever played on the banjo so but the banjo is cool you can start making music immediately this is true this is true and and the basic fingering patterns aren't that difficult for a beginner yeah uh, yeah, I mean, you, you don't have to make any chords to make a G chord. True, true. Yeah, so that's a pretty good, pretty good start there. Yeah, it is. It's, um, uh, so, so basically, I guess that at some point, did you, did you move to like Clawhammer before you moved to, um, say, Scruggs style? No, I, um, I got started like interested in music just I had a guitar my brother had a guitar laying around so I learned a few songs on guitar like Ripple from the Grateful Dead oh, yeah. Redemption Song by sure. Bob Marley yeah. those were my first couple songs and then I, I got a banjo for Christmas as I said but I was already interested I was listening to a lot of uh, Bela Fleck sure. old old like my first taste of banjo was really old style bluegrass from this album called Appalachian Stomp. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it was like one of the early compilation albums, so it had Stanley Brothers on there, um, Diller, Doug Diller, sure. mm -hmm. Scruggs. I mean, it had, you know, a really good taste of, of classic bluegrass, and that's what got me turned on initially, and then I started listening to more Bela Fleck and Tony Trishka, and that's when I sure. uh, got the banjo and started really diving in deeper. Ah, okay. Did you start playing in bands fairly quickly in your life? Yeah, because uh, well, my brother played music, right. too. Yeah. So he played, uh, or still plays, uh, mandolin and violin and some guitar. And so we started jamming pretty early on. And then, so I started playing when I was 16, and I think we started having gigs when I was 
around 17 or yeah. 18. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, we got jumped in quick, and all through uh, college, I, I played gigs and went to festivals, and, like, I learned a lot at Merle Fest. And yeah. Galax Fillers Convention. <laughs> yeah. Just walking around and just jumping into jams with everyone. So that's really how I, you know, got going. So you didn't really ever, you didn't start out with the teacher. You're pretty, you taught yourself. Um, so I went to uh, the music barn here in Greensboro. Dave Osborne was there. Right. And he, uh, he got me started on the Earl Scruggs book. So he gave me, a, he, he sold me an Earl Scruggs book. And I started learning from that and listening to all the Earl's records. And then about a couple years in, I got, um, I started taking lessons from J.D. Prince. Sure. Um, he's a well-known fiddler, just sort of a genius musician. He's not with us anymore, but um, my brother also took fiddle lessons from him, and I took banjo lessons, and he taught us a lot of the same songs, so we were able to yeah, really plenty. develop a style out of that. Sure. Man. Great teacher, so I learned a lot. We, we went over a Scruggs uh, recordings, like note by note, mm-hmm. so I, we really got detailed on that stuff well you know that Scruggs book I don't know how many banjo players that I've talked with over the years but so many of them got their basic bluegrass learning from that book yeah I mean yeah it's the the bluegrass banjo bible yeah I would think it is um uh you know and then of course with banjo everyone at some point needs a teacher and yeah. with and with most instruments, that's also the case. But a lot of people never do. Uh, and and I, you can tell when people get lessons. Everyone right. needs lessons. I mean, I mean, it's just a a faster road to advancement. I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, it could be anything, any craft at all. If you can find someone who's already at a higher level than you, sure, you can you know, pay them money or spend time with them or do any sure. other kind of trade to get that knowledge and wisdom, it definitely speeds up your advancement. And not only just the techniques and stuff, but the um, perspective on music. Sure. Like one thing I learned from J.B. Prince a lot was taste in music. Oh, you yeah. Mm-hmm. Taste in banjo playing and, you know, like really understanding the melody of the music and trying to really find the melody with banjo playing rather than like just playing a bunch of licks sure. put together and that that sort of thing just looking at music in that way really helped me um, become more musical in general yeah when i see young people you know people ask me stuff i will tell you one of the things i say particularly in bluegrass is you know if john cowan can take vocal lessons then do you need another real reason to, to take one i mean yeah. You know, I mean, um, I use that for them because uh, you can always learn more than what you know. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how talented you are; the right teacher can help help you. You know, sure. Harness harness that talent and that energy and put it in a very constructive and, and powerful place. Like, I mean, even you know, Michael Jordan and sure. Kobe Bryant and basketball would have. Coaches sure, they do, and yeah, so. and I've always I've always personally been one to want to play with people who are better than me. You know, yeah. it's like I always had this joke about um, 
Uh, if I'm not the worst one in the band, I'm playing in the wrong band, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's the same sort of idea. If you're not, if you're, uh, you know, if you're not the dumbest person in the room, yeah. you're in the wrong room. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great philosophy towards everything. Yeah, know, it is. Finding people who are better than you and and being um, confident enough to not like be subconscious uh, self-conscious about that well i do just, think you have to i do think you have to get yourself to a level where you can do that i mean you may be the worst there but you're still fairly accomplished yeah yeah and to have that humility to just sure. always be open and learning like i love to learn so oh i do too i, I never want to stop learning i'm always learning something you gotta um you know be uh confident enough to put yourself in those situations where you're you a beginner yeah, you, know, you do. And uh, that's how you keep learning. Sure. Um, now, how hard has it been to put together your Banjo Earth project? I mean, you get an idea, but then you have to actually make it happen. I mean, uh, traveling to different countries uh, in itself is a problem. Um, so how do you make all that work? In, in a musical term? Uh, well, the, the, the initial sort of problem to overcome is funding because it's sure. very expensive to right. travel to other countries and, and get places to stay and, you know, pay a musician sure. and, and build the whole thing. That takes, like, some money. So my initial uh, Banjo Earth um, journey was when I went back to China. Right. Uh, in 2016 was my first one. And so I did a Kickstarter for that. Okay. Um, because I've been playing a lot of years and, you know, built some uh, sort of a fan base. And right. I had a lot of very generous people who really helped me get that first one started. Right. And, uh, and so that helped me get going. And then since then, I've just tried to continually build an audience and I'll do uh, sort of pre-orders before right. I go. And uh, people will kind of help contribute to the project, and then I'll give them the CD and the shirt and some other. Maybe I'll pick up some souvenirs along the way and right. give to them. So that's sort of the thing, and and it's just been building since then. And, and then I, you know, save a lot of my own money and use that to to fund my travels as well. Um, so that's a, a big <coughs> piece of it is is the is the financial part, and then the the musical part, like. When I decide that I'm going to a certain country, then I'll just start really diving into their folk music. Yeah. Like, for instance, I'm going to Mexico in November for the next project. Did you just um, come back from Mexico also? Yeah, I went to Mexico in January, but I was just uh, actually like just traveling there. And finishing. Oh, okay. I, was, I wrote a book about Tantra. Right. So I, w- I was there finishing my book, and, and it's also like doing some groundwork. Sure. You know, preparing for the real banjo earth journey there, I'll find musicians and and under, and like visit a few different places and get the vibe and find out where I want to go and meet right. some people. And so that's all part of the process too, is just networking with people sure. and musicians and things. And so like now when I go back, I have well, my girlfriend lives there now, so I'm gonna stay with her most oh, of the time. Cool. And I've met several musicians that are amazing. I've learned some Spanish, and I've learned four or five great like Mexican folk tunes, and oh, I've also cool. written already a couple in Spanish. 
So when I go there, I've got a you know a really good head start on the music and the culture. And so I do the same thing with each country. Whenever I decide to go to a country, I really just start diving deep into their music, yeah. learn some songs, um, start following some people on online, and and start trying to make some connections. That's not that's not a whole lot. Uh, do you know Casey Dreesen? Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a whole lot different. I mean, your your way is not a whole lot different than his. Um, yeah, uh, which both are very cool projects. I mean, they they really are. And then there's um, I know the guys from the Hen House Prowlers, but theirs is a lot through the State Department, mm-hmm. which is which is uh, probably a totally different type of mission than yours is. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. think they people like bands will kind of they'll set up a tour, sure, and you'll kind of go as a tour or do an ambassador program, and that sounds awesome. Actually, um, that would be a great like addition, I think, to what I do. Um, usually, my, my the scope of my project is I'll go like for a month or two to a country. I like to go maybe two months, right? Um, if I haven't ever been there, like I went to Brazil for two months, and the first month I just settled in learned some Portuguese, started going out in Rio de Janeiro, learning some music, yeah. meeting people. And then my uh, videographer would travel over there for like right. a week or 10 days. And I would batch um, all of all of the jam sessions. Oh, yeah. And and like and the special sort of touristy things like we went to the, the Jesus in Rio de yeah. Janeiro. Mm-hmm. And those things, you know, like so when he's there, um, we really go hard for a week or 10 days and video as much as we can, record as much music, and then the rest of the time I'm just filming on my own and, and going on my own adventures, and so it all comes together at the end as an album and documentary. Dude, I guess you do share American music with them too, right? I mean, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love to show um, some bluegrass tunes. A lot of times on my albums there's two or three old folk tunes, old bluegrass tunes that we do in, uh, you know, kind of a world setting. Right, yeah. Um, and then I really love to just hand people the banjo. Oh, yeah. Play it because most people I come across have never seen one, much less played one. So I love, like, when I meet a guitar player or some other musician, I just give them the banjo and and let them make some sounds. And that's always a really cool experience. Yeah, I, I do understand that. Uh, the first time... Um, I encountered a sitar, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those deals like, wow, this is totally different, but totally yeah. cool, you know? Yeah, that's an amazing instrument. I, I've always loved the sound of the sitar since I was young. Like, I've got several Robbie Shankar records. Sure, yeah. Yeah, when I went to India, I played with several amazing sitar players and I also played some. And, uh, yeah, it's such a cool sound. It is. It's a co- very complicated instrument also. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, sometimes guitar seems fairly easy compared to other world instruments. Yeah, absolutely. Some of these have, like, 20, 30 yeah. strings. Like the, the Gujong yeah. in China has, like, 12 bridges yeah. that you move around and it changes how you play, so... I love taking the banjo and just playing with some of the masters of these instruments. Sure, like, that's great. Um, yeah. Like in India, I played with 
some sitar masters and in china i played with an amazing gujong player that like we played um, a grateful dead song yeah and, yeah it's yeah. just so fun for me to to explore those those realms of music oh yeah oh yeah yeah i mean it is funny how um i know several several musicians who have gone to india um uh you know andy pond i guess yeah, I know Andy. So Andy was telling me about his trip there. Of course, he went with uh, Future Man, I think. Oh, cool. So, um, That'd be wild. Well, he said the first time wasn't so cool. But, uh, oh, really? He said he, they couldn't find anyone to, to play with. Uh, Man, you know, I've had trouble with that in India, too. It's, it's a different culture with music. Because like, music there is religious, it's yeah. more religious. So you know most of the music you'll find will be traditional music like in a park kind of setting in the middle of the day right like there's not a place there's not a lot of places you can go at night and find live music so that was definitely a challenge yeah he said it was he said they got there uh future man thought it would be just uh fairly easy to find music because he had found it in other places and that 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 the first trip was almost a disaster (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, lucky I was there for a month, so I got to spend some time with some people, and, and they took me to other musicians. So yeah. that was, uh, yeah, India is different in that sense. Yeah, what is what of, of the countries you've traveled to? I, I'm I'm guessing China is still your biggest. Is that your favorite? At, um, music musically. Well, I've been there since 2015, and like China changes so fast, and and especially with. Um, COVID, the way right, they were yeah. there, like, sure. I mean, I don't know. They just now opened back up. Yeah, they did. there that I follow on Facebook and Instagram, and, like, I have a friend, this girl that lives in Shanghai, and she just now, in the last month or two, started going out to music festivals and stuff. Sure. So, um, I love China. It's an amazing culture, uh, and the food is incredible. Uh, I had a great time in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, this was also before COVID, so just the culture there is just wide open, like like dancing and singing and the tropical. Like I've always been pulled to the rainforest, yeah, of the Amazon rainforest. But Brazilian music and just the way people dance and have fun, the culture and are super friendly. Like that was amazing, and the beaches there. I really love Brazil. And then this past year, twenty twenty two, I was in. I went to Peru. Ah. And, and so that's a very like sort of spiritual culture sure. it's colder there than I expected because I mean it's down in South America so I thought it was kind of hot right. in Brazil but, but it's, a lot of it's in the mountains so the Andean mountains you see people wearing you know like those really colorful sure. uh, hoodies and yeah. everything but um, they have some very cool music there too uh, a lot of flutes and different instruments and um, that's just a very mystical culture and i really love that kind of stuff too so i I found a lot of space in there to explore yeah oh yeah uh you know um i also know a guy uh finn mcgill you know finn by any chance yeah yeah i don't know finn i think brazil he told me brazil changed his life uh yeah he enjoyed it so much uh, yeah i think he married he met a brazilian girl married her i think he did learned a lot of brazilian music and he's still like i think i bought his last album yeah brazilian music yeah. right 
And that, that is some, yeah, it's very cool and very complicated. Well, that music, samba and um, choro. Yeah, like, choro, uh, yeah. Yeah, chorinho. Like, yeah. That stuff is just, the vibe of it, it's, it's a great combination of like African rhythms. Yeah. Um, like polyrhythms and all kinds of things that just make you want to dance. And then it's got that like kind of complicated uh, harmonic and melodic structure. Sure it does. And the combination of those two things, like super cool jazz with amazing danceable rhythms. Yeah, yeah, true. You I, know, yeah. And you go out and see a live show of that in Brazil while people are dancing and sweating and eating acai and drinking beer. And sure. Like, it's tempting to just want to stay there forever. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's um, it's funny when you get strange meters to music in America, people can't dance to it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the the you know the the timing of of Brazilian music is almost foreign to Americans. Yeah, yeah, it's like on a different. I mean, we're just a, on the one two, and I had that's like they were amazed at me that I could. I was like, how do you? What is the basic clap? Right. And uh, they like I had a friend there. She was just like amazed that that didn't make sense to me, being a musician and everything. Right. Because all of our music is based on like the two and the four. Sure, you know? it is. Uh, and uh, but that's what I love to travel and learn these things. Sure. And, and let them into my blood system. Like I remember uh, when I I went when I first got to Brazil for like the first week. I was just going out and hearing music, and then I woke up in the nighttime in my Airbnb and the fan was going above my bed and it was like in a samba rhythm. <laughs> that's crazy. And I was like, that's when I knew that like, <laughs> it was getting into my head because everything around me was like happening in, in samba rhythm. Right. And that's, those are the kind of things that uh, I just really love. That is, you know, I knew this interview was going to be interesting because I followed your stuff for a pretty good while, always uh-huh. with a bit of envy because, um, you really, you really just dive into the culture as opposed to just going and playing music. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I love the culture, man. That's um, you know, and I like to go stay for a good period of time. That way, you get to really understand. You know, you get to really feel it. You meet some people and form relationships. Sure. And here's some of the you get some of the stories. Like I, I, I think of a lot of times as a storyteller. And so, you know, when you go travel to a country for a few days or a week, you can't really right. Uh, you can't really experience the depth of that culture, you know. So, I really love to go stay for a while and really dive in. Yeah, I've Thank even you for noticing that, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always felt in America in itself that that you need to go to a city and stay a while before you really understand. You know, you need to go live in New Orleans a little bit as opposed to just passing through to right. to understand what all is going on there. Yeah. And there's other yeah. m- there's other music places that are that way also, but you need to be there and live there and uh, and understand what living there is about as opposed to passing through. Yeah. It's a great I totally agree. It's a great philosophy. I mean, I I applaud you for that and because there's a bigger, there's so many, you know, factions to music that are beyond the notes that are played that 
I think, go over people's heads so often and they just miss that music is the life of wherever you're at. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is one of the things that really spurred me to create this project is because I, I came to the understanding that each culture, each country has its own sound. Yeah. Like, because I grew up listening to Robbie Shankar, like I said, and yeah. other world musics and you know, as soon as you hear some Chinese music, where yeah. that music is from. True, true. And you do. it just has the whole culture and history and everything in, in every part of it. And so that has always fascinated me, and I love to explore that. Yeah. Um, um, America is like that, too. I mean, you it can is. travel around America, and it's like going, it's like countries in and of itself, you oh. know, and that's one thing that I'm sort of been thinking about recently and been excited about exploring is sort of a banjo earth America. Yeah. Where yeah. I just hit the road for a long time and go to each state or something and play I'm, some music from each place. One of the things I think is kind of a very small microcosm of that is what you were talking about, Galax. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Galax incorporates uh everything about that genre of music that you do not get anywhere else except when you go there i mean they yeah. they play at other people other places but it's absorbed in like the time you're there is is it's a lifestyle you know right yeah it's amazing and it's also like so regional you know like yeah. an outsider would hear one band playing and another band playing and be like that's all it's like just hillbilly music. Sure. You know? It yeah, sounds right. cool, but it's like all sounds the same. Right. But if you really get in, like, they're, no, this is from Carroll County sure. style. Of oh, yeah. And this is, you know, from Mount Airy. Mount style Airy style, like, yeah. You know, so. Round Peak like, style and all, yeah. Sub, a whole sub- subculture there that's, that's very fascinating. Oh, it is. Particularly when you go to, when you start talking fiddling, it is just totally uh, um, regional. It's so different. Uh, yeah. Same tune, uh, but there it's played a different way. Maybe even called a different name. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's super cool. I love Galax. Like I haven't been in a while. I haven't either. Um, because I've been doing other things, but that's definitely where I found the magic of music. Sure. I mean, it's a. Uh, I'm currently. I I have a some some musical dealings with a girl who is at at Belmont in Nashville being yeah. a, a performance music major but yeah. I've been trying to trying to tell her that she needs to go to Galax she needs to I mean I've hooked her up playing with a ton of different styles of music mm-hmm. but then you need to go there and be a part of that culture just so you can understand it a little better than you know, we can sit here and play Tommy Gerald songs, but it is not the same. Yeah. No, every musician, I mean, even if you don't even play bluegrass or old time, every musician should go to game. Yeah, they should. Like yeah. Required reading, you know, just like you have to go at least for, I mean, like Bruce Hornsby would. Sure. I mean, would go there often. I don't know if he still does, but I mean, he'd just chill and hang out yeah. for a little bit. And like, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's that. that collection of incredible musicians i've never seen anywhere else oh like, i agree you know it's yeah. it's cool it is really cool but there are places like that around america however uh 
you know, it's here and we know a little more about it. Going to a whole different country and learning the whole, everything about the music as much as you can absorb and the culture is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And, and, and the, one of the coolest things about it is you, I can never uh, exhaust that uh, resource. Like, sure. I could never go to every country and... And, and like really immerse myself into every culture, you know, like I yeah. want to do as much as I possibly can before I die, but it's like something you can never master or never finish. It's just uh, a, a never ending journey. Yeah. That's really cool though. I mean, uh, so many people's journey is, um, very regional. Yeah. Even if yeah. they travel a lot, it's different than living in the culture. Yeah. And I love to, to go to places that are not like uh, my culture, you know, like places that don't speak English, sure. places that are uncomfortable, places that sometimes are uh, could be dangerous. Like, you know, a lot of people, like my mom especially. Yeah, I'm sure. Doesn't like it when I go to Mexico or Brazil or, you know. Yeah. But that's um, what I've chosen to do. And, 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 and so far, it's always worked out amazing. I feel like I've got some like banjo earth angels kind of looking out for me because it, it always works out wonderfully well. I meet amazing people. And a lot of it is, I think, my energy, my intentions to yeah. go share. And there's like nothing uh, nefarious about it. And it's also, I think the banjo maybe has some sort of magical quality that, you know, kind of disarms people. I, I think there's a truth to that. David, David Holt told me, that uh, when he came to the Appalachian Mountains to kind of start his journey, uh-huh. people wouldn't talk to him until he pulled his banjo out. Uh, you, yeah. you know, and he said it, it just it changed everybody's attitude. You know, you're not from yeah. here. I'm not. I don't really want to talk to you. Oh, you got a banjo. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Let's yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what. And he said that is one of the things that. Uh, you know, that was a great eye opener for him because he realized the power uh, of the banjo. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it gave him a little bit of uh, hillbilly street cred. It did. It did. You know, <laughs> there he was from San Francisco and he was like, or in, by, by way of Texas, but all of a sudden he was like, oh, yeah, it's cool, man. I'm in places where uh, people don't get to go, which I'm sure you are all the time when you're in your travels. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been to some incredible places. Uh, think of, uh, think of Kashmir in, in northern India, yeah. which is a very disputed uh, yeah, is. land. And it's like gorgeous. I mean, amazingly beautiful, full of natural resources. And uh, you know, the Kashmiri people live there. They're sort of like tall. Uh, they look different than most Indians. Right. So they're kind of their own people and culture, but. China, India, and Pakistan are all sort of fighting over this land. Yeah, they are. And, yeah. and so, not many people can get there. But I was lucky to um, be to to have a mutual friend with like a, a sort of a high level Kashmiri businessman. And right. he, he got us there, took care of us. We always had people kind of like leading us around, so we weren't able to really go out on our own. Sure. Yeah. It, it sort of felt like a little bit like house arrest in a way but um but nobody like it's so hard for people to get there um and yeah just to see that place and play music there and experience it like 
it's something special, and you know, most people will never ever experience that. I agree. I agree. It's a wonderful thing. And the other part of your mission is sharing that. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't go there. I can't go to Kashmir, but you can, and you can share that with me. You know, right. you can share yeah. that with with more people than. I mean, it's 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 hard to explain the number of people you can reach who who would enjoy that. You know, but never get the chance to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I mean, with the internet now, you can you can share with you know billions of people the sure. things that are going on, and, and uh, that's one of the things that really keeps me going and doing that is to share that and inspire people. You know, to to get out into the world because I mean, you know, as people watch the news all the time, we're just like just full of fear and stress and anxiety and nobody wants to they kind of want you to be scared of your neighbors sure. and the world and stuff so I, like one of the things that I really try to do is to show people that it's you know amazing out there in the world and you know not to be scared to get out and get lost down the street somewhere or you know you got to be careful some places and, and sure be aware and 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 check with people places you don't want to go you know if a local tells you not to go to a certain neighborhood you shouldn't go right just take their word for it and those are the kinds of things that you should do but like most you know in the world i've been fascinated time and time again that that these cities work like new delhi and and all these cities can wake up every day millions of people go to work go do their job uh food and, and and try to make a living to take care of their family. Sure. And that's basically what people are doing all around the world every day. True. This is true. And, uh, and I try to show that and share that and, and show that we can all be like, that we're all humans and we can connect on that level. And the, and what I found is the music is the, for me, the the language that helps us connect and meet, sure. meet on that very human level. Sure. It's a universal language without a doubt. Yeah. Um, are you fluent in Chinese? I used to be very good in Chinese, but, uh, haven't, haven't so much anymore. I'm kind of right now, like working on Spanish a oh, little yeah. bit. Uh, sure. Um, I have, my girlfriend is, it lives in Mexico city and, and we, we text in Spanish. Oh, that's cool. And, and then we speak in uh, English. Oh, okay. So I'm picking up words and phrases and sentences and it's not, it's, you know, pretty good, but not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I went back to China for a couple of weeks or a month, it definitely all of it would kind of come back. Right. Um, I think it's in there somewhere in my subconscious. Yeah, it probably is. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's my Spanish over the years. Uh, it depends on who I'm around. You know, I've spent a lot of soccer years, so. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I've refereed a lot of Spanish leagues, uh, Latino leagues over the years. So, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard, you've heard all the, all the cuss words. Right? And every language, Portuguese also. <laughs> yeah. Uh, French. I, yeah. I got those down. I can, I can, yeah, I can call you some bad names in just about every, every nation in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But they all learn one word, no matter where it is, sooner or later. It's a right. t- it's a total American word. 
And no matter where you go, at some point, the people in that culture learn that word. <laughs> yeah. You know, you yeah, might. It's one of, one of our greatest. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's a shame that it is, but it is. Yeah. So, so what's what? What do you have going on currently? Um. Well, right now I am. Uh, well, I've got a show tonight uh, downtown Greensboro. Like Olo, I've been doing a lot of solo gigs. Right. I play uh, guitar and banjo, and I kind of learning how to do some looping things and uh, uh-huh. working more into electronic music, like making beats and sure. doing keyboards and things. And uh, and then I have a band. Uh, I either do duo, trio, or quartet usually. Yeah. So we have a gig tomorrow night as a band. And um, kind of doing those things. And I'm getting back into Banjoworth, North Carolina, which I started – like in 2019, right before I went to Brazil, I didn't have time to finish it before I went to Brazil. Right. And then I went to Brazil and came back and, and then we had, uh, you know, uh, the world shut down for two years or so. Um, and so now I'm going back into that this summer. I'm going to travel around North Carolina, um, tell some of the stories I was working on. I've got an album's worth of new music to finish recording and put out. And then um, start gearing up and go and get ready to go to Mexico in late October and right. November to, to do the next Banjo Earth project. Yeah, I didn't want people to miss the fact that that you do actually also still play out live. I mean, that is one of the things that I think sometimes gets lost on people uh, uh, who have a pro- the project that you have. I think they forget that also you play in different different formations with different people here, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, music's a huge part of my life. It's also a big part of my income, so sure. I, I try to, like... But, you know, now, right now, I'm really trying to just stay local, play local shows, yeah. um, save some money, create, like, videos. Like, it takes a lot of time to edit videos yeah, it does. record music, and so that takes a lot of time. I'm also, like, uh, working as a... I'm a hypnotist in the daytime helping people like quit smoking yeah. weight, and I just wrote a book on Tantra so I'm, yeah I saw that too I'm, I'm teaching a course on Tantra and helping people with there so I do those things and then like you know after about midway through the day I start uh, really getting into the music and practicing and setting up shows and creating creating videos and all kinds of things yeah. like that I think you played with a buddy of mine not too long ago Mark Schumick Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mark's one of my oldest bluegrass buddies, yeah. for sure. Like, yeah, I met him when I first started playing, when he, Billy Constable. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're, we're all, we've been bluegrass buddies since since the beginning. Like, 1998 is probably when I met Mark. Mark was up doing the podcast, uh, I think, and maybe it was in the wintertime that he was supposed to come do something with you and maybe it got snowed out or not snowed out, but things changed maybe. Uh-huh. What, this past year? Yeah, this past year. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I don't know. Like, we we missed some gigs here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Mark, Mark and I have had some crazy stories. Snow stories, though, actually. We got snowed in one time in a bad storm in Greensboro and wrote several songs and, you know, hung out inside the house for a few days and, you know, made fires and played music. So I will we, tell we go you way back. I will tell you that Mark 
loves music. Mark will drive a long way to play music. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. That's his that's he, his thing. He he loves being on the road. He, he does going playing shows. He loves performing music for people and playing songs. So. He does. He's um, he, he lives and breathes it. He does. Uh, I know a ton of musicians. And I, I, he's one of the ones I will tell you that will, I, I love the spirit is he's not letting, he won't take his hand off the pedal of music at all. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah, that's for sure. He probably knows more songs than anybody. Probably does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's like a living, walking jukebox. Yeah, he is. He, he really is. Uh, so tell people how they can find your stuff. Um. I know you have um, websites yeah. and yeah, I've got a website. I've got well, andyeversold.com um, has most of my stuff on it, like you know my store, my yeah. email list, and my links. And then uh, banjoworth.com, I just kind of got it back going. And I used to have all my blogs on it, and it kept getting hacked, so I had to kind of restart. I do that. understand that, yeah. And uh, I'm gonna start putting up blogs there, banjoworth.com, and uh, YouTube is uh, a place where I've been very active posting all my videos there. So that's a uh, banjo earth yes. on YouTube and banjo earth on Instagram, banjo earth on Facebook. There you go. And, and um, yeah, all the social media places, but YouTube is probably like kind of my favorite spot right now just to make videos. I post a lot of little short videos playing and post some travel videos and some vlogs, some of my adventures, like, uh, doing plant ceremonies yeah. in Peru and things like that. So, video, um, video is a strong medium. It really is. Yeah, video is amazing. Uh, you can really tell a story there, you know, especially with the music. And sure. I love to tell stories, so it's such a cool, cool medium to do that with. Well, I love to collect stories, so there you go. I'm, I'm as bad with stories. Um, I love stories. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, I guess that's one of the reasons you started this podcast. It is. You love to talk to people and hear stories and tell stories. And that's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's been a wonderful thing. You know, we talked the pandemic, the pandemic actually exploded my podcast because people had time to listen. Yeah. Um, I, I knew a lot of musicians and I just thought people needed to know, more than what they know about musicians. They they don't know, you know, they see you on stage, they see you in a video, but they really don't know that much about your life. And, you know, it's a chance to have a conversation, not just you and I, but, you know, you're having it with, um, if it stands to reason, several thousand people, uh, you know, un- unbeknown to you, you will be having this conversation with like, you know, several thousand people. So yeah, it's, I think it's, it's super cool what you're doing. I, I thank love, you. I love talking, having conversations and, uh, I like the, your approach to not have really, you know, too many specific questions, but kind of just have a conversation and go, go where the conversation leads. And yeah, that's, those are my favorite things to do. Sure. I mean, you know, it's, um, having been a musician all my life, it, it helps to understand about music a little bit. And I like people and I like stories. So there you go. Yeah, that's perfect. You're in the right place. <laughs> it's a fun thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. And, you yeah, know, I've learned that musicians, 
are um, basically, for the most part, pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I have a short list of um, nasty people I've encountered in the music business that wasn't in management. Um, right. So. Yeah, I, I mean, musicians are are basically artists. They are. You know, and most artists are are deep down cool people because they've chosen to their work to be something that's not um, day-to-day, like, too predictable. Sure. So you have to sort of be a little bit adventurous, a little bit what some people would call crazy. Yeah, but... Um, well, so there's some quirky... There is, things, yeah. You know? Yeah. But deep down, most musicians that I've met, truth, also, are, are good people. Yeah, they know? are. They're, they're fun to be around. They're easy to... Uh, have conversation with and and so many of them are are pretty humorous people. I mean, there's a lot of laughter in music that people really. I mean, musicians a lot of times are almost comedians. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a very similar art. It, it overlaps a lot. Like the only time I've actually met a musician that I didn't like was I met this guitar player in China. He was like from Europe or something, and I told him I played the banjo. He said. I hate the bench. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, the conversation sort of died after that. Yeah, well, I, hey, he's European, you know. It's not a big, not a big European instrument that has shown much love. <laughs> I felt offended at first, but, you know, I was like, man, everybody's got their opinion, and the banjo earth. Um, I mean, the banjo. It's sort of one of those instruments that is um, is polarizing. Like people seem to either love it or or hate it. There's yeah. not a lot of just in between but with it. I'm sure you've heard the, all the banjo jokes. You know, I mean. Yeah, I've heard a, heard a lot of them. Maybe you know, not all of them, but you know, yeah, they're pretty but, funny. I, I, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to laugh at yourself. Sure, you do. You play, play the banjo well sometimes not very well but i can play the accordion too so that's one of those things that you always hear the two best sounds in the world yeah uh, accordion falling on a banjo in a dumpster you know <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's right you know so i i don't i don't know um there's i it's hard for me to I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to musical instruments. I'm I'm good with just about any of them that, and and music styles too. I I I can find something I like in just about any genre of music or any musical instrument. Yeah, xylophone yeah. might push me a bit, but you know. Right. Well, I mean, it's all just sound at the at the basic level. So, like, just. The fact that humans have developed these different ways of making sound that sure. are pleasing to the ear. Like some of the Chinese folk music, like uh, opera, uh, Chinese opera music, I mean, to the outside listener sounds like, you know, pots crashing. Yeah. It sounds like a fight in the kitchen. Right. You know? But to like Chinese who are enjoying that, it's it's magical. It's yeah. pleasing. Sure. You know, so... The fact that we've developed all these different tools to make sounds in certain formations is, yeah. is really incredible. And when I go see like a old museum or something like I was in Mexico and seeing some re- prehistoric 
flutes and different things and it just always reminds me of just how amazing it is that humans have developed these these tools and and this this form of art called music sure well i do you know woody wood yeah i know woody okay woody woody almost convinced me that uh everything in the world is a vibration yeah you know, I mean, that's not a real stretch after you think about it a bit, you know. Well, I mean, on one level, it definitely is. I mean, that's what science will tell you that, that everything is vibrating. Sure. You know, everything is moving when you break it down to electrons and protons and things. So everything is giving off a certain vibration. Sure. And he, yeah, and, and, and basically he says the world, you know, pushing that a step farther is just a musical place. That's just, the world is made up of music. So Yeah. Um, yeah, in the beginning was there sure. was the sound. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I I'm I'm not one to argue that. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, science tells us that's true too, and, and I think the mystics and the spiritual disciplines of the world have also known that. So I mean, sure, that seems to be uh, just a deep human understanding in our DNA, how sound works, how vibration works, and, and how we relate to it. Yeah, but try telling that to non-musicians that aren't scientists. <laughs> no. Yeah, they look at you like, yeah, right. So Yeah, I find that a lot. Like, so I'm, you know, I'm doing, a wrote a Tantra book, and I'm working with Tantra students sure. and stuff right now, and a lot of that is... Uh, is energy energetically based knowledge coming from you know the east india right. and china right and so people tend to to comprehend it to understand it because they understand when they're having like blockages in their thoughts or their mind or their body like how a lot of these things and i think it's becoming more and more popular more accepted that a lot of this stuff is energetic so sure. yeah actually a, a lot of people are sort of uh, waking up to that reality right now. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. I mean, how did you, how did that come about for you? Um, well, I've been a hypnotist. I got licensed since 2012, and then uh, so I've been helping. I've been a, like a licensed hypnotherapist since then, and along that path, I just started understanding that actual reality of energy and how it works. And sure, uh, I came across you know tantra yeah. and like. And people's uh, your sexual energy. Your right. sexual energy is one of the most powerful sources of energy we have. That's how our species thrives. How it continues. I mean, people will do the most amazing things True. to attract a sexual partner or sure, any of these yeah. things. Um, so tantra is really the learning how to take this sexual energy that comes to us constantly from the universe and and use it in a constructive uh, manner to better your health, to transmute it in ways like creativity, playing yeah. music or creating whatever sort of things you do, putting it into your work, into sure. your relationships. And so it's, it's really the art of, of harnessing that energy and transmuting, transmuting it in a health, healthy and positive way. That is really cool. Do you, can people reach out to you with this too? Yeah, just um, AndyEversold.com has this, has all my links to all okay. my stuff. So, all right. Um, that that book is called the Tantric Nail. Yeah, I wanted you um, to plug that. Yeah. And it's, 
So it's uh, so I have the tantricmail.com and it's also on Amazon. You can find it there. Okay. That's my first book. So um, I love to write. So I'm gonna find more things to to write about and make more books because I enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I love to read. <laughs> so and I love to write too. I I write a lot also. So uh, yeah. I think people do not learn to write too much anymore well i'm not certain they read much anymore either but yeah uh, well writing is such a great way to organize your thinking you know it is um it's just a great discipline to have like i part of what i try to do now is just wake up and just write something that's constructive and valuable and helpful to people even if it's a short blog or just a few paragraphs or even a couple sentences so it helps you just organize your thoughts and, and communicate them in a, in a valuable way to other people. I agree. I, you know, it's uh, served many purposes for me in life uh, more than just expression. I think sometimes it has been uh, very therapeutic for me. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, it's uh, and, and pleasure. I mean, I still write for no other reason than to write. At, at a pretty late age in my life and it's still uh, you know sometimes I wonder why I still do it <clears throat> because I have no real uh, alternative person uh, purpose for it other than doing it right uh, yeah I mean it's just like taking a walk or yeah it is it painting is. a picture a lot of times it's just for you to sure. enjoy the process of doing something like that yeah and at some point if someone reads it and can take something away from it, it's an extra bonus. But, you know, I think maybe something cool you could do would be like, do you have a blog or something? I do. Yeah. I mean, like, the way you like to talk, sure. tell stories, and have conversations, like, that's kind of cool to to be able to take some of those stories and thoughts and, and write about them and publish them on your blog. What's your blog? See, I'm getting ready to, um, I am getting ready to put those in a book. Actually, okay, awesome. Yeah, so, cool. yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, I have too many projects. Um, uh, also, one of the things, and I, uh, one of the best parts about coming and doing this, and it might be something you can do sitting right where you're at, I don't know, but, I, but I've had a lot of people come and do it here at the Scrug Center and yeah. play music. I'm also putting yeah. that together as the best of the people that's come to play so that's awesome yeah that's yeah. pretty cool this is in Shelby uh, the Scrub Center is there yeah. in Shelby yeah yes it is it's a yeah. pretty cool little museum um, they are at this point having a Sonny Terry uh, exhibit going on and awesome. I, I'm a harmonica player probably a harmonica geek but I'm I am going to be a part next Saturday of um, a tribute to him talking about his harmonica playing and actually playing his music um, with a partner of mine, uh, Sonny Terry Brownie McGee type tribute thing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah that's awesome. So, you know, that is that is pretty cool. Do um, you have a banjo sitting handy? Uh, yeah, I've got like three pretty close by. <laughs> you, want, you want to play something? Yeah, I can play something. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Um, let me let me get let me grab one. Here. Okay. 
see how it shows up on this mic. All right. Because this mic is pretty close to my uh, ears. It's in my headphones. So... Can you hear that? Yes, I can. Okay, cool. This is my uh, like this is a 1926 TV3. Oh, yeah. Which used to be, uh, I guess, a uh, tenor band show. All right. really cool and i really love that song that is one of all right hey little jimmy martin yeah i, I just um i love some jimmy martin i always yeah. have um yeah jimmy's one of the best yeah jimmy <laughs> jimmy's an individual too <laughs> yeah yeah i think i was i don't know if i i think i read a book about him or something yeah just heard all the stories and uh yeah the self-proclaimed uh king of bluegrass sure and rightly yeah. so at the time, I could see, you know, I mean, uh, I could see where he, he could make a claim. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite stories is he, you know, he would take, uh, drive that, um, what do they call those, like, really long cars? Oh, yeah. Um, limousine. Limousine, yeah. Yeah, he had a limousine. It had a King of Bluegrass sticker on the back, and, and I heard, like, uh, in the book it said he had, like, a bunch of old... Uh, chicken boxes like in the back in the back seat <laughs> just like fast food chicken boxes yeah 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 yeah. and he'd always talk in third person like old Jimmy old Jimmy he only drinks Seagram 7 right yeah yeah so uh, I started talking like that for a little while after reading the book yeah I, I think he I think the times that I've seen him he yeah he liked to talk he liked to be Jimmy yeah 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 uh, incredible like songs music sure. and just the drive those banjo players that went through his band, yeah. Bill Emerson, J.D. Crow, sure. um, they all turned into some of the legends. So, they did. Yeah. They, they really did. Special. 
Well, I do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you're a busy man. Uh, uh, and I hope we can get together in person sometime. Yeah, I would love that, Sandy. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed the conversation. And, uh, yeah, wish you all the best with your with all your projects. Oh, I will keep up with your all your projects. You know, I live vicariously through you. Sure, that'd be really cool. If you're anywhere in, near the area, just hit me up. All right, I certainly will. All right, take care. All right, talk to you later. All right, bye. bye. bye.